Today I'm with my friend Doug Lawrence. Doug and I met on Rocco, like like everyone I've been <laughs> interviewing. Everybody, pretty yeah, much, yeah. Pretty much, like nine out of ten is met yeah. on Rocco, um, which was I started in '93, but you were already there. So when did you start? Also '93? Uh, wasn't that much sooner than, yeah. than that? It was that year. I mean, it was definitely earlier mm-hmm. in that year, like January. I I remember just auditioning really hard to get that job so it was, oh. it was a very I took a while yeah well it, 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 it I didn't know what was going on whether that show was happening mm-hmm. I couldn't tell uh, Linda Zeminski had told me to talk to the guys over at at Rocco, she goes. I think you'd fit in with those guys because I so was how, trying to sell a show so how, oh yeah so how did you get it how, how did you get into Rocco um that was the, it. Was what, exactly that. I was on Ren and Stimpy yeah. as a as an animator, oh, or as a key right. key frame, yeah, yes. Ren and Stimpy guy. So mm. I started there. I was this big. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you guys can't see that on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Oh no, yeah. you can't hear. Yeah. There it is. Um, and yeah, I did that for like a short, like a year, and then um, I met Jerry Beck while I was at. Yeah. While I was at uh, Rocco, mm-hmm. uh, no, sorry, Ren and Stimpy, yeah. and he saw that I was really ambitious and that I was I was trying to make my own shows. Mm-hmm. He saw the things I had on my desk. What was he doing things. there? Was he, he was just always he wanted to be in in on the community, and mm-hmm. he, he was mm-hmm. he knew John and he knew um, I think Vincent knew him too. Waller, mm-hmm. there were some other people, but they I think they knew him, and he was just always wanting to keep his hand, mm-hmm. you know, his feet dipped in yeah. animation whatever was hot what was going on and so he was you know of course Ren and Stimpy was like oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the big I was trying I, I mean I had to audition for that myself yeah. I, I, I spent a lot of time trying to get that uh, huh. show when I moved here yeah. that's all I wanted to do was to work work on that show so um, I did it all ended like with, <laughs> way sooner than I thought it was going to because I thought I'm on a hit show now this <laughs> is you know going to be fucking awesome right <laughs> it's going to be good <laughs> No, and then all I did, it was great for the time I was there and doing, you know, I learned a lot of things, of course. Um, and then that got me to uh, Jerry, and then Jerry introduced me to Linda Zeminski because he mm-hmm. was good friends with her. And she said, you should, she, he saw shows I was trying to pitch. I was trying yeah. to work up pitches, and I, since I knew him, I was asking him, is this right? Is this the way I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. pitching stuff? And so... Uh, he didn't know. No, yeah, he knew. Right. <laughs> he knew. He knew enough, you know. But he was trying to help me uh, uh, arrange stuff, ah. and so he introduced me to Linda. I had Linda come over to my apartment, which I'd been, you know, not, you know, was only there a short period mm-hmm. of time at that point. And she came in and saw storyboards I had done for a project I was working on, and she said, "This is all great. I'm not going to buy. I wouldn't buy this show." She says because of you know she went through lists of, th- yeah. of things that the she says stuff, it's yeah. for yeah there's because it was yeah, I was like it was like a college project that so Linda was one of the he- like heads of Nickelodeon, of Nickelodeon with Mary Harrington and Linda with Mary and, and uh, uh, Vanessa Vanessa Coffey. yeah yeah and so Linda saw my stuff said I don't want the show you just showed me but I want to hire you you should be working on one of the shows. Mm-hmm. So she showed me the new shows they were working on. And one of them was Rocco. And she mm-hmm. says, and luckily she goes, the other ones that she showed me, she says, I think they're going to be in New York. And I said, mm-hmm. well, I just moved from New York. I just moved yeah. from New Jersey. So, you know, what's happening? You know, here she, she says, I think Rocco would work for you. She goes, I think you get along with the creator on mm-hmm. that show. So I went to work, go work on 
this is that silly old story that I don't yeah, never tell anymore. But <laughs> I told it then, which was I went to the show and uh, called up because she said, you know, yeah. I recommend you call this, call this. Here's the number. Here's mm-hmm. the guy you call. Here's, here's Brad Gunther. Call yeah. him up. He's the producer. <clears throat> so I called him up. And I didn't realize that I'd neglected to tell him that Linda Zeminski told me to call. Mm-hmm. I just called up and said, I'm looking for work. Yeah. Uh, I was told to call, you know, blah, blah. in other words, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't divulging enough, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so he goes, all right, come on in, you know, come in for, for, cause we're just staff, staffing up. Yeah. So I went in, met him. He liked me. I brought all those storyboards that I'd shown Linda Zeminski to mm-hmm. the meeting, which was this pile of stuff. Joe saw it and we walked into the office together he looked at it. He goes, <laughs> and you know, you knowing Joe, you know, he goes, you're telling stories with pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, that's right, I am. And he goes, he goes, no, you're good at telling stories with pictures. And I said, I said, oh, okay, I get, all right, and now, now I get what you mean. Thanks, you know, because I'm just like, oh, you know. And I just wanted to get a job in there, so I got hired right away. I mean, he, he uh-huh. said to me, he says, you're telling. He goes, he goes. Uh, if it's up to me, is it up to me? I, I, I'm hiring you right now if it's up to me. And he looked at Brad Gunther and he goes, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. So I said, okay, great, I got the job, you know. So so I went, uh, you know, and I was storyboard artist for, I think, one episode. I th- I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't know, you know, I certainly didn't know Joe. I didn't know you. Yeah, Everybody yeah. was new. Mm-hmm. You know, we just all coming in on this this thing. And I did one board, I think it was called Sand in Your Navel. It was with Roger Chiesan from, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Canada. Great animator, you know, mm-hmm. remember Roger? Yeah. Great, nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, we were paired up to make a show. And so I slammed the show together and I did what came naturally to me, which was, in other words, that he said, do what you want to do. Like, here's the story, mm-hmm. but basically it's Brocco's at the beach go, yeah. you know, do, do what, do what you think is right. Because if you don't like this, change it. You know, he, mm-hmm. was, he was giving me, giving me some range, you know, which I thought was, uh, unusual and, but nice of him to, to, he wanted to probably want to see what I wanted to do. So what were you doing that on Ren and Stimpy or was it different on Ren and Stimpy? Ren Stimpy was, yeah, Ren Stimpy, I was strictly <coughs> a, a layout artist. Oh, I see. Yeah. <clears throat> so that one was more, um, very technical work, mm-hmm. you know, and different no, than, than me coming oh, up with yeah. ideas oh, yeah. and stuff. So this was the first time someone said, yes, mm-hmm. this is what we were paying you <laughs> to yeah. write to come up and to come ideas. up with yeah. what happens in this, in this <laughs> fucking story. So I said, yeah. so I said, great. And I, I sat down to, to do it. And I, I remember, uh, my wife calling me cause we were just married and mm-hmm. moved out, you know, it all happened all at once. And it's, you know, nine o'clock and I'm not home yet. And she's like, and I'm, I'm, but I'm there at the desk <laughs> at work. No one's there. I got the lights on and I'm going crazy, uh, trying to come up with new things, you know, and just, just, and I, time just dissolved. I didn't know yeah. what time it was. Yeah. It was just dark. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know anything else. And I just, I went crazy because it was the first time somebody said you can do mm-hmm. what you want to do. And so I had too many ideas. I had too many things, but I was able to execute them in, mo- in in a modular form, so you could just take things out. Oh yeah! If you yeah, didn't yeah, want yeah. that, just take that out. So I got did that board, and then uh, 
Joe told me that the board at the time he t- he said this is, he said that uh, everyone's excited about the show now. He says we did a couple of boards. He goes and everybody you know liked them or whatever. He said but you brought this gag thing which we weren't really doing the same way the way that mm-hmm. the succession of gags, blackout gags, mm-hmm. you know Tex Avery stuff, which it was just what I grew mm-hmm. up with and is what yeah. I couldn't wait to to try to to do yeah. on my own, you know try to do updated versions of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, things, you know, speaks to me now, you know, or, or then, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the nineties, but trying to not imitate Tex Avery, but do our own version. Of course. You know, yeah, yeah. And so he said, because of that, and I remember Mary uh, Harrington coming down, she said, yeah, she goes, um, this is officially, uh, this is what we were hoping the show would be is this board. You guys <laughs> just did, you, you did. And I just went, Oh my God. And they said, so, uh, you're you're promoted to director, which was like oh yeah, they made a difference between director and the storyboard. Right, so, right. Yeah. So they said, so what we want to do is separate you and Roger. You're going to yeah. have your own unit, and Roger will have his mm-hmm. his thing. So um, so that was a surprise mm-hmm. and a shock, and I didn't know what to do with that because I wasn't doing boards that long mm-hmm. before that that yeah. uh, at all. I mean, it was it was it was so you know a flat you know, look. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Um, but it became natural after a while. It, se- it started to seem like it's just, this is right. This is what I should be doing, you know. Um, and I got to do voices too. I mean, the, the, the how did the, they get to do the voice? Yeah, that was because they were looking for Philbert, yeah, because right? they couldn't find Filbert. That's all that huh. was. If they could, if they found Filbert, like yeah. in the first couple of months, yeah. then I'm, I I don't know if I ever would have been doing <laughs> voices. It was because it strictly was because um, they couldn't find Filbert. And they were auditioning everybody, mm-hmm. and I kept doing a voice for Filbert in the pitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so somebody, but nobody said, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you should do that. Uh, somebody did though. At some point, it was one of the. Um, I, I'm sorry, and it's it's it's, ter- it's terrible. I'm sure you're the same way. <laughs> the names, I can't yeah. remember yeah, anybody's yeah. production yeah. people's names uh-huh. yeah, yeah. from then. I could just remember artists that I kept uh-huh. talking to, or production people I kept talking uh-huh. to, like Jim and the other guys <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, whoever it was said you should do this. You should you should audition too. Huh? And I said okay. And I said I said yeah, but he's you know the, Joe's not going to want me doing that. And whoever it was, plus the people had heard was, that voice during the pitches. They never said right, anything. Right, yeah. right. And so she goes, she says, just record it. She goes, he's not going to know who it is. And I said, oh okay, uh-huh. good. Then I'll do that. So they, they had it set up down the hall from my office. Yeah. Um, they had auditions set up. There was like a little card table uh-huh. with a microphone and they were just recording people one after one after another and they were having people come in whenever uh, they have people come just quickly record something because we need to yeah you know they needed to, to uh, cast this to get mm-hmm. the show movement so i submitted my tape and then i heard back um uh, joe calls me in one of his ominous you know ways <laughs> that he would call me and say uh doug can you step into my office for a moment <laughs> Oh, I'm getting fired. Yeah. Hey, here it comes. <laughs> well, that was, I just got promoted. What the hell? That was quick. So I go in and he's, he's, he was uh, kind of giving me a, stir, a partially stern, partially, you know, happy look. Ha- partially happy face, yeah. partially like, what did you do? You know, like, <laughs> like I, you know what I mean? I pooped on the carpet, apparently. And uh, <laughs> it was, he, <laughs> he was there with Mary. And we were both standing there. Mary was standing there smiling. And she just said, uh, he says, so uh, we just heard your tape of uh, Filbert. Uh-huh. And he says, uh, 
that's the character. That's that's who I wanted for it. That's what it was. That's that's who I saw this uh-huh. as. And I said, great. Oh, that's great. And he said, so can you handle, you know, doing this? Uh-huh. It's like that's a whole other job. And you still, yeah. he says, you're not going to get any leeway. Your stuff still you know, do. Yeah. You still have as, yeah. as a director, your your unit's going to have to have. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you two guys are going to have to have the. Uh, uh, you two ready. board guys are going to have to have your boards on time. And uh, I didn't know. I, I had no idea. I was like perplexed for a second. They're sweating it for a second. Like, uh-huh. oh, I don't know. Because maybe there's something I don't know uh-huh. about this job <laughs> that it takes, you know, that there's like half the week I'm doing it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know yeah. how long it takes. <laughs> so um, I said, of course. Yeah. I, oh, my God. Were you kidding me? I love it. Yeah. So um, luckily, it was only really once a week. If if uh-huh. you know, when we were on a roll doing yeah. doing stuff, um, but that was it. It was one of those moments where they they mm. almost weren't going to give it to me because it was sort of like, well, you already do this, yeah. and but it just it worked out right. And how did you come up with that voice? Like during the pitches, you came up with that. Yeah, the, the voice. Yeah, why, vo- why that? That voice is really, it's, it started because we were imitating, yeah, we were imitating the Jerky Boys, ah. which was a, which was yeah. a, um, uh, Radio, uh, uh, yeah, fake the, phone call thing. Or? It was a prank phone yeah. call thing that somebody, there were, there were bootleg, you know, cassette mm-hmm. discs, mm-hmm. Uh, cas- discs, Ta- wasn't even discs, tapes, it was yeah. cassette, cassette tapes that everyone was showing to each other uh-huh. and bootlegs. And so people were making copies of these. Yeah. Eventually they sounded horrible, <laughs> but they were these funny guys who were calling up and yeah, doing yeah, these yeah. prank phone calls. And one of the voices was similar to that, but he was imitating other famous Jewish comedians uh. from the sixties. And so, so he was doing, you know, it's a, it's a Woody Allen ish voice. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It's got that voice. Hey there. Yeah. You know, it's, if you put a little more inflection, uh-huh. it becomes New York, it becomes Jewish, yeah, yeah. but without the inflections, it's, you know, hi, you know, it's <laughs> Philbert is, is, is a little less that way. But, um, but that's where it came from was imitating mm-hmm. that. Um, which at first I think it was an imitation. It started as imitation, but once once we started using, which was nice, everybody liked the character enough after that mm-hmm. to start using him more, and, and then it became like mm-hmm. the Three Stooges with those with yeah. uh, Rocco and, and Heifer, and so I was always proud of Philbert a lot because mm-hmm. I felt like he was like a bit player, you yeah. know, a yeah. guy who was who was, who, was yeah. Yeah, who came in every so often uh-huh. to do one line, and they they said, yeah, let's, we're going to start writing <laughs> stuff it, more yeah. stuff for you, you know. So and and that's what I was doing is writing more stuff for uh-huh. myself <laughs> to say on the show, but at the same time it was about to me, even though everybody jokes about it, saying, oh yeah, hey, nice, you know, you got a, you got another paycheck, you uh-huh. know. But to me at the time it was about integrating the experience of the creativity. Uh, of the comedy, you know, um, I'm, I'm not getting to what I'm trying to from say all, here. But from all angles. Yeah. So it was more, it was, it, I was able to do, by doing more and feeling like I could write for myself and mm-hmm. then go perform the yeah. thing, um, made it feel like I was oh, part yeah. of a comedy troupe. It made me feel like I was doing yeah. live performance. You would a lot write of it, draw it, yeah. and then, and then, and then go do it. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was this overall experience. Yeah. I can't, I can't thank mm-hmm. Nickelodeon enough for Joe, you know, everybody, mm-hmm. uh, because it was like, that was my, that's how I learned how to do everything. Mm-hmm. Everything I do now is all stuff I learned on that show. And yeah. I hadn't, and if that show hadn't come along, I don't know if I would have stayed as an animator. Cause I don't think animation, I don't think being an animator was right for me. Mm-hmm. I think I realized that pretty soon on Ren and Stimpy that this is, I'm not going to be able to give 
the focus yeah. that guys next to me were giving. Mm. Guys who were amazing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, just mind blowing guys next to me going, mm. wow, you know, guys just, that I just couldn't couldn't believe and, you know, uh, uh, lucky to still know yeah. a lot of those guys and, and just be still in awe of their work over the years. But then we were all young and amazing. You know, there's some yeah. amazing guys, not my, not necessarily myself. In the, in, I mean, I, I, I've always been an okay draftsman. I think I have a, a, a pretty good style together, but um, I didn't keep at it mm-hmm. like those guys did. I just sort of st- was happy with what I was, how I would do so it. So it stayed like that. And I stayed yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I kept, I, I kept writing. I kept, mm-hmm. I got, I got more into the writing end and the performing end. Mm-hmm. And so I, it was a balance of things. Like it would just be like, Oh, I get to do a little writing yeah. and I get to draw a little and I get to, you know, uh, perform. So it's, it's been the thing that, that, that show let me do all these things and it was so great. And I, at the time I wanted to like get my own show and get out of there. And of I'm course, like, yeah. and, and, and I was so wrong, you know, I should, I should have just, yeah. I should have not left at all. I should have stayed. Uh, but I had an agent who was trying to sell me mm-hmm. and, and we were trying to sell things. And so I, I feel, I still feel that to this day that there would have been, um, it might've been better if I stayed for that last season, you know, and, and stayed on the show because so I was still learning stuff, yeah. you know? So you stayed for the voice. For the I was always there for the voices. Course, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So going back, but that's the end of Rocco, basically. I mean, for you, like you didn't stay at the last season for the last season. No. But you, you say you came from New Jersey. Did you? What did you want to do when you grew up? Did you? Uh, you did comic books? You wanted to do? That yeah, I, yeah. Comedy? Well, yeah. I was one of those kids that I think it was like when I was four or something. Uh, I for, was given markers mm-hmm. and paper, and all of a sudden showed some kind of an aptitude for drawing. You know, yeah. showed showed off that I could actually trace something and yeah, uh, not yeah. trace something, copy something, mm-hmm. be staring at something. I drew my version of it, yeah. but it was pretty proportionately yeah, yeah, yeah. correct, and and uh, and it was fun, you know, and silly mm-hmm. looking. And so I got attention for it, and then I started doing more as a little kid, mm-hmm. and then I would get. That's that's what I would get for gifts a lot. You know, I'd, I'd get marker sets and yes. crayon sets, yeah, and you remember yeah, and construction yeah, yeah, yeah. paper, colored construction the giant paper, box with all the colors, with all the colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, with the little pencil sharpener, <laughs> or little sharpener inside. Um, so, so it was kind of a. It was kind of a. Luckily, my family was encouraging me. I don't think they thought I was going to necessarily do it for a living. But I think they saw that I had this aptitude. My dad kind of had a little bit of a. My dad could copy things, mm-hmm. and and he copied cartoons uh, from from uh, uh, car magazines yeah. that oh, he yeah. used to that he used to read little cartoons huh. in the corners, um, uh, little one panel things, yeah. and he yeah, would yeah. he would imitate them. And he was he was good. He was he was an arch- he could do architecture kind of mm. kind of drawing too. Um, but. Yeah, me, it was like this weird compulsion thing. And I stopped doing it for a while in school. Like I, I, I got too preoccupied. I think it was in junior high and stuff. I got too, um, I got picked on, you know, Mm -hmm. I got, I got, I got bullied. And so drawing kind of like shook off of me. I, I, I I got, I got, it pushed it out of my head of trying to do anything because I was just fighting for survival. You you draw, that's even. Yeah. I was just trying to keep, keep from getting smacked (laughs) or my, my books, you know, kicked out of my, my hands. So, so, um, and then finally I, I noticed that my, I I think my mom mentioned something about it. You know, she said something I haven't seen you drawn in a while, you know, Mm -hmm. because it'd been a while. And I went, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. and it just didn't occur to me. I just remember thinking, oh yeah, like it wasn't like, yeah. you know, it was just sort of like a thing of, oh yeah, that's that's 
maybe I should go back and mm-hmm. start doing that. So I did, and then it kind of kept h- held on to me at that point. Like it got it got a more of a glue of like mm-hmm. I, this is something I'm going to do. Yeah. This is something I want to. Because you're doing. older, and then you know more than yeah. So I followed it all. Th- <coughs> followed it all through school. I try. I got a job, local printing place. Mm-hmm. I got. I did cartoons if you wanted them. You know, for uh, for businesses. <laughs> little signs and things oh, yeah. that I would do for them because they they would do printing stuff and they had all the fonts you know and the signs mm-hmm. that they would make but they didn't have anybody drawing original art for them so I was the only one to do that I, I didn't make a lot yeah. doing that I don't think it was just something to do in Still, the summers but I was drawing yeah, right and I was doing it and I was starting a business doing mm-hmm. it I then I sold cells for a while at the at my local flea market um, in uh, like between junior high mm-hmm. and high school, I had a booth there, and I would I would I made of your cells. Own stuff? You copy, my stuff, yeah, it was a combination of stuff I just did myself, copies of, of frames from Disney films, wow. and copies from frames from uh, Warner Brothers films. Wow! But I didn't push them as I always wrote, I, I, I always put the copyright on. I was like a little you know this little <laughs> asshole putting the, <laughs> the copyright. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll fend off uh, Disney. <laughs> Woo! Um, I didn't light. know. Yeah. I didn't know. I was just making, but I drew stuff from mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland and and mm-hmm. uh, you know and and the dwarfs and the, and all the stuff. And I just did cells of them, mm-hmm. put them on little backgrounds. Yeah. And I just bought acetate on a roll and I mm-hmm. cut them up and and paint these mm-hmm. things yeah. with with acrylic paints. Yeah. Um, because I was learning how to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and I was reading uh, Disney animation, The Illusion of Life. Yeah, and those yeah, things yeah, and getting and like oh that's how you do it so i was just trying to <laughs> yeah. imitate everything i saw i think that's uh-huh. what it was um yeah but that led to that but comedy was always the comedy was the driving force it's never it's even 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 though i want to say animation was like all what it was about with me it's always been this overall thing of i want to do funny stuff mm-hmm. i want to you know i want to say funny stuff i want to write funny yeah. stuff i want to draw funny stuff so it, it I've never really went into mm-hmm. another direction to try to do serious stuff. I mean, I've done pathos. We've, we've all done it in comedy. It mm-hmm. you know, leads to uh, like Chaplin and mm-hmm. Buster Keaton and those films. You know, there's pathos in those too. And we do it with SpongeBob, certainly. And we did it with Rocco, definitely. <clears throat> um, but it's kind of a um, comedy. There's something about the precision of comedy because it's not just about writing some funny lines to me, you know, and to, yeah. and to, and to, and to others. Certainly Rocco was about... Fun timing and and funny gestures and funny mm-hmm. things happening at the same time, funny dialogues yeah. being said. So it's always been this thing of trying to get both, get the balance of all those things together. But but comedy itself, like growing up around. I mean, I, the other things I grew up with. I mean, my grandfather used to take home movies all the time, and he loved. My family loved comedy, so it was really always about. We look at home movies from Christmas. But before, and he'd fire up the projector yeah. at Christmas time. But I mean, usually in January, after he'd get all the Christmas stuff, uh, uh, you know, um, processed, yeah. you know, um, yeah. uh, get it developed. all developed. Yeah. yeah, we don't even use that word anymore. Developed. <laughs> Weird. Um, so, uh, but uh, where was I? I? I lost it. At Christmas, the, the film he shot. He shot Christmas, right, and so he'd all, but he'd also show Cops by Buster Keaton. The, oh, yeah, the roller rink, course. the roller rink, so the whole show, one not just, from yeah. from Charlie Chaplin, the yeah, whole movie night, yeah, Laurel and Hardy, and so yeah. I saw these guys, and he used to sit there and say, he said, these are the guys that I used to go to and see the, mo- yeah. at the movies, 
And so he, there was a pride in comedy. My, my family had a pride upon knowing, you know, what was funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or knowing what the good stuff was. You know what I mean? This is the good shit. Not, yeah, yeah, not, of course, not yeah. you know. Not you the know. stuff you watch now on TV. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Crap. yeah. Yeah, not Scooby-Doo. Yeah. This is the good shit. So I knew, <laughs> I, knew I knew from a, a, uh-huh. a new, a young age that there was something special about comedy when it's done right. Mm-hmm. That there's something special about it when you get a gag to work the right way. And it just looks like magic. It looks mm-hmm. magical. It looks like it, you know. It's, it's hard to explain what it is, but it's like watching ballet mm-hmm. or watching an opera, opera singer hit a, hit a ridiculous note. Mm-hmm. It's comedy. If you do it right, it's so great, and it's so like, um, you know, it's my treasure of the Sierra Madre. Yeah. Like I'm always like, yeah, that's yeah. the stuff. That's what Daddy likes. You know, yeah. like like that. That's <laughs> my. I'm I'm like a mad scientist when it comes sometimes to. But it's trying so to figure hard it out. to control. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard to actually. Do yeah, it because there's so yeah. many voices. You know. Yeah. yeah. So so you so so that's been my whole thing is always kind of gravitating mm-hmm. towards where they'll whatever job lets allows me to be mm-hmm. um, funny or lets me do my way, my yeah. style, my kind of way, um, usually is the place that I, you know, it ends up being, yeah. that so I stay at the became longest. kind of the excuse to be funny. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And the stuff, like I said, besides that stuff, my family loved Warner Brothers cartoons, so we watched those all the time, <laughs> Tex Avery cartoons. I, I grew up on, uh, I mean, so lucky to have Peter Sellers, doing the uh-huh. Pink Panther movies when I was growing up because I was just obsessed with him too. It was like, and he was like, that was right when I first started going to the movies and being conscious, yeah. not just going to the movies as a little kid yeah, yeah, yeah. and cr- and eventually getting bored and wanting to go home because uh-huh. it's because I'm tired, you know what I mean? Where I go to the movies to see something and, and Peter Sellers, I just, I went to every one of those huh. uh, back then and, and that was a, Blake Edwards movies. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. His, his, his comedy, The Great Race was also a big mm-hmm, deal to mm-hmm. me as a, as a kid. Um, in the comedy realm that was when i I studied that like as a kid was the first one i as as a little kid probably like you know seven years old six years old seven years old i'm studying this movie watching it over because we had it was the first vhs's and i could watch this movie over and over again and i was and i would imitate it i'd go and try to do why did that work why is that so funny him turning at that moment and dropping the glass at the then. time this was a modern version of these movies you were talking about that's before right. the Laurel and Hardy and he was stuff, doing his version of that stuff years and years later that's right yeah. and so that's been that's what it is it's us trying to imitate the good the, the stuff that made us really laugh so that's the style that you like yeah. anyway you oh yeah I like slapstick of that style I like slapstick like, yeah. and I like I like silly uh-huh. you know I mean and then later it took me a while to get uh, when I finally discovered like Monty Python in mm-hmm. in, in in uh, college, you observed. Wow, yeah. like that just blew my head off. Mm. And I and I Terry Gilliam, his mm. stuff, and and those just all those, the whole group, yeah. and and the kind of stuff they were producing, so many ideas at once. Uh, st- then and today, mm. uh, I still and they just put out a new set. I'm not plugging plugging <laughs> Body Python, but um, that stuff is still inspiring. Like I can still watch it when I run out of ideas. I feel like I've run out of ideas. Yeah. It's like, well, mu- watch, watch five minutes of a, of a, yeah. of a half hour of Monty Python and you'll go, Oh my God. Cause it just flies it all just over the place. Your brain. It just makes you think, Oh, over yeah. here and over mm-hmm. here and over here. And you're still thinking hard about the last thing they said. And they're on to something else. <laughs> that's even more interesting. And you're like, Oh, Which what's again that? Is like takes every that you used right. to watch. That's like, right. Uh, he used to have a theory, uh, 
um, a gag every six seconds, but if it was yeah. faster than that, it was too fast. People would process. Well, you can't more comprehend it. Yeah, but he was another one. He was always playing with the how fast, how many frames you could do a gag uh-huh. in, and how how <laughs> how fast because he would see like a boulder falling. And there's I remember there's one he was talking about. There was one bit he was doing where the boulder was falling off of a cliff. And he says it was falling down and hitting the guy, and the animator was doing it and putting it together. And he says, and they're in editing, looking at it. Uh-huh. And he said, no, it's faster. This is, has to hit, like, bam. You know, he's, like, explaining <laughs> it. And they took out, all they did was yeah. keep taking out, okay, how about, how about that? <laughs> no, okay, how about that? He's cutting, he's sitting there with, you know, I'm sure with scissors yeah, yeah. at the moviola yeah, with the, on, just, on a spool. Just, there's no movement. It's right, just, right. <laughs> and there is none. There yeah. is none. When you see, if you know the gag I'm talking about, it just, no. it, it, you see it. And it goes, <laughs> and it makes you laugh. It makes you jump, laugh. You know, it's it's almost like it's almost like a horror film. You know, you almost go, oh, ah, you know, <laughs> oh, look at that. So it's 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 a it's a study. You know, there's something to it. It's it's um, it's hard to explain what what draws people, why it draws me all the way. There's a deconstructionist feeling to it there's chaos in it there's violence in it <laughs> you know so it's, it's the uh, shock of comedy yeah it's the shock it's just yeah know. because you have to be surprised in order yeah. to laugh <laughs> yeah. I mean that's the basis uh-huh. of it so then it's how surprised are you going to be mm. how surprised am I, do I want you to be uh-huh. you know how surprised should you be to laugh at this uh, or how surprised should you be you know, just to enjoy this. You There's know. also another so that's thing. not the same. Like if you're not, you people laugh at things they've seen a million times, even yeah. when they see it again. Yeah. So my theories, it's not, so, it's not as full of shit, kind of. But but, but, but for new things, for new yeah, comedy, yeah, yeah. you you have to break some ground or do something that not everybody else is trying or not everybody else is of doing. Course, yeah. You know. But the anticipation sometimes. To me, the example is like George Costanza on Seinfeld. Yeah. Where. You know, it, it's the anticipation of how he's going to, you know how he's going to react. Right, you know it's coming. <laughs> to whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's not coming in a surprising way, you know. It's exactly right. the but way then, you thought. But then the but execution, so but the execution yeah, the of it's got to be great, just, you know. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's the thing about it, is, is to be able to make something uh-huh. that everyone collectively, not everyone, you're not going to get everybody, but that most people will look at yeah. and see the joke you tried to make, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Because it's really a, it's it's a science. There's a weird science to it, and there's a weird and to do it all the time well, like like to have to come up with like stuff. Uh, chemistry, yeah, one little thing more or less, it's, it and it will work. work. Yeah, and you can feel it when you're when mm-hmm. we're editing too. Yeah. Uh, you, you look at something, you're like, ah, oh, only add to it. Yeah, it's yeah, just and then all of a sudden, and, and we'll ruin stuff. You know oh. what I mean? We'll like ruin. Uh, just... We'll ruin. We'll ruin jokes because. Yeah. Uh, you know, too much, too much time spent on one thing, or too much. Yeah, it's hard to explain it, but but the thing is, is all of a sudden you'll say, "This isn't working. Isn't it funny?" And all of a sudden, oh, I know what it is. Uh-huh. It's that there's no sound right there after he says the line. Yeah. Boom! You put the sound in. Oh my god! Uh-huh. It just comes alive, and it's yeah. so it's so sometimes funny. They said too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes it's about it's it's about it's always about the mm-hmm. timing of it. Whether it's timed out to be a long thing, and then something yeah. happens, or. However, it is. You Talk about the surprise. It's not going to play on the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to play on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. But I heard an interview years ago of Jerry Lewis when he used to visit Stan Laurel. Yeah, yeah. Stan Laurel was telling him, "This is comedy. Um, <laughs> you do this. Do you set up something? 
And then you do that. You do the opposite. That's you the most the simple. Opposite. That's great. And to him, that was comedy. That's great. You do this. There's an example of comedy. Yeah. Then you look there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Perfect. It's perfect. He's exa- <laughs> and he's exactly right because yeah. because I keep saying I've said this before. We talk about it uh, in the show in the show I'm on now, mm-hmm. and I've talked about it in other places. Is that there's kind of like a rhythm. Like this is the way I feel about it anyway. It's crazy. It's a little crazy. It's more. It's ethereal. But I feel like there's like a comedy rhythm going through things sort of mm-hmm. all the time. There's like a there's like some sort of a wave happening, and then you sort of have to just get huh. in that groove of the wave that's already happening. You know, it's a weird. It's, so that's it's, also that's also fits with the idea that everything can be made funny because everything is funny. If you get in that funny groove of everything, then, right. then you right. It depends. It depends on your perspective. It mm-hmm. depends on who, how you, and how you present something to mm-hmm. everybody. Because there are certain subjects you'd say, "Well, that's not funny. I'm not going to talk about yeah. that." But then someone brilliant comes up with yeah. the way to approach that subject with the right, mm-hmm. you know, uh, words yeah. or the right approach, where you're not expecting it, and you laugh, and you find yourself laughing at something mm-hmm. that, you, that you thought, oh, "I'm never. I would never laugh at that," but. To me, it's not about. I think the, the thing is, there's a mean spiritedness that that comes into comedy constantly, which is to use. It's a spice. It's to use it in certain things, but people use a lot of it mm-hmm. sometimes, and then comedy gets a bad rap for being, um, you know, for being mean. And I, I to me, it's like you should be able to make fun of of every thing that we have to deal with in mm. our lives it's the only way to sort of make sense of it but to also just to be able to deal with it yeah, yeah so you yeah. don't cry <laughs> you know yeah. it's 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 uh things are terrible going on in the world and if i can't poke fun i'm it's funny because a lot of times people think you're poking fun at the thing that you're saying mm. the thing at, and i'm like no i'm poking fun at my fear i'm poking fun at me because mm. i'm scared of that you know, because that frightens me, you know? <clears throat> so I think it gets the wrong rap sometimes. Oh, you write mm-hmm. comedy, huh? Yeah, you're like one of those mean assholes, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, no, not really. I said, you know, it's, 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 I like to see people I, in, in jokes. I love to see people get their comeuppance. I love mm-hmm. to see people get hurt in jokes, yeah. you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. I love slapstick. I love that kind mm-hmm. of humor. Um, and the reason I love it is because it happens in real life all day long. And we can all relate to it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, almost everybody I know who's in predicaments, something that's terrible is happening to them. You know, either, you know, something bad with their home life or, or medical problem or, or something. They all, that's the first thing they want to do is to be able to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. Every time I talk to anyone who's having a big, bad problem with something, they're like, oh, God, thank God, I could finally make fun of this now. I can mm-hmm. sit back and and look at it from a a different point of view yeah. because 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 at first it's just happening to you and you can't you can't do anything about it you know whatever it is mm-hmm. it's just it's just that it's just that it's such a vital part of of the human experience is to be able to laugh at yourself and that's what i think when you're laughing at somebody getting hit in the head you're not laughing at that guy getting hit on the head you're laughing at yourself because you go that happened to me or i bet that hurts you know wow because that would hurt me you know you're it's a relation it's it's uh-huh. it's, it's it's a connection from it's a, it's saying i understand that's human and i i agree with that uh-huh. i i yes 
that that is a human thing, you know. And and to me, that's what comedy is about. Is that it's not about who can we offend with this, yeah. you know. And I'm I'm to one to talk. I'm writing a lot of children's stuff, but we come to the line a lot on the shows I've been on. Luck, I've been lucky to be on shows that want to entertain everybody, not just the kids. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to come up to that line a lot, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and and wonder where the line is, you know, sometimes of what's good, what's okay for mm-hmm. kids to know or say uh, or or see. Um, so you started seeing all these movies and understanding all that pretty quickly. Yeah, like by watching. Oh yeah, by learning by watching. Yeah. So did you go to school for? Any animation, any art? Yeah, I just went to the Joe Kubert School. That was the only place I went. That's mostly for comic books. I went there for two two, two years, yeah. What's that? A comic book illustration? Well, they had an animation program with with Milt Neal, the late Milt Neal, who's no longer with us. Mm -hmm. Because he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Not because he's out of the room. (laughs) He's not getting a sandwich, he's dead. But um, he's a great, uh, he was a really great animator. Mm -hmm. He's one of the duck men. Uh, he was, he was one of the guys who, um, did De Cure's face, you know, um, he was a, you know, know, great, just one of those great animators did worked on Fantasia. Oh yeah. Just yeah, amazing. Yeah. You know, he just touched the paper and you're like, Oh, yeah, just, yeah, you know, people, yeah. just amazing. Um, so, but, yeah, so I went there three, for yeah. three, four years. No, I only went there for two because oh, two, yeah. I had also gotten the, got bit by the performing bug mm-hmm. while in college. So I dropped out for a year, oh. and I did stand up on the road. <laughs> so I was doing—I was a stand up on the comic. road yeah. within New Jersey or within the country. Uh, the, the tri-state area. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Connecticut, New Jersey, New York. Wow, a uh, little bit Virginia. And so had your own act, your own jokes. Yeah, yeah. And how old were you there? Like 18, 19, 20? I, was tr- I started at nineteen, but I was mm-hmm. about—I was like yeah. twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was still doing it a little bit when I came over here. When mm. I came, when I moved to to uh, to, to get so, uh, what made you jobs. come here? Because uh, you were you dropped out of school. You were doing stand up. Yeah, I was doing stand up, but I wanted. I I think the thing was I always had a tug of war in my head. I wanted to be a performer because I really like Saturday Night Live. I was a big fan of yeah of you know. Like we were saying, the Pink Panther things, and, and so you were not shy. Fan of physical you were, you comedy being on stage. And no, I, no, I was never shy. And stuff. No, yeah. no, no. Mm-hmm. But but it was always it was always. But I love making. I loved cartoon making. Yeah, I loved animation. I loved seeing it get made. I loved participating as mm-hmm. much as I could doing stuff. And I was starting to do storyboards when I was in, uh, and uh, I guess that was probably first year of high school second year of high school i started yeah. just in my basement i started drawing mm-hmm. out a, a short cartoon just to do it you know just mm-hmm. to say i did this now i yeah. want to just to ch- try to make something because i didn't know if i was do- doing anything good i mean i was just a kid mm-hmm. so um but yeah all the comedy build up in my family and then being and showing a lot of respect for comedy comedy mm-hmm. was looked at as something great in my family yeah. not as something that was mm-hmm. uh eh, you know it wasn't yeah. it wasn't something um to be taken lightly it was if your mm-hmm. comedy was great, it was it was king. You know, wow. we looked at it. We they listened to, you know, uh, all the great albums of guys. You know, including uh, Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing we can do about that now. Um, but uh, he was his albums were great, and so yeah. was you know uh, Bob Newhart, and so mm-hmm. was um, Rodney Dangerfield, and so was you know uh, Woody Allen and Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah. So there's all these guys, mm-hmm. and they were all fans of the of the best stuff. You know, so it, so you it got led. to do it. Yeah, yeah. For how long did you do that? Stand up. Yeah. Um, 
couple of years, three so you years. Quit school, so that was three your years. main job. Yeah, yeah. I just went on the. I went. Uh, I I got a couple booking guys, mm-hmm. and I wow, so had that was some friends. Enough to make a living. Not a living. Not really. Not yeah. in the same. Like I had to get that momentum going, yeah. or it would turn into a living. And I, my expenses weren't anything that big yeah, yeah, then, yeah. anyway. Um, but I'd have to drive really long distances mm-hmm. to play. You know, a small place yeah, 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 at yeah. 2 a.m., you know what I mean? And I'd get paid, yeah. you know, whatever it was, yeah, yeah. 150 bucks. Uh, and then they go, ah, there was nobody here, so 75 bucks. You know what I mean? So it was always, and yeah, you yeah. never knew yeah. who was going to stiff you. It was just, it was bad. Um, so I didn't like that life. I, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have the yeah. thick skin for that, you know. So and I knew from listening to Steve Martin yeah. and other comedians I liked that I was in for 10 years of this. Yes, yes. And I said, I don't know if I want to do uh-huh. 10 years of this. So I said, well, let me go to L.A. So then during at night and the weekends, I'll pursue my mm-hmm. comedy career in doing stand up. And then in the daytime, I'll I'll do something you, which I, you know, I know how to do, which is animation. Or, did you go to L.A. before? Have you, have you been? Or? No. First, first time. time. First, first time. Just it was a it was a blind. So you got married young yep. over there and then you 22. and your wife. Yeah. You went and we just LA. moved here. Yeah. You moved here. Wow. And we just we just took mm-hmm. everything we we had, you know, yeah. every, everything came here. And that is the end of the first part of my conversation with Doug Owens. In in the next episode of the podcast, we'll find out what happened um, when Doug and his wife uh, arrived in LA. We'll talk again about Rocco, how he got into. Uh, doing voices and Nickelodeon and especially about Spongebob, how he got to work on Spongebob and how he got to do, to be a voice actor doing the voice of the Plankton character throughout the show. And as usual, uh, you can head over to the main site at cartoonlunch.com where you can listen again to this podcast and all the other episodes of the podcast as well as uh, looking at some pictures of me and Doug and and pictures of Doug throughout the years, I guess. I'll post that and, and links to what he's talking about and also videos of... Uh, I filmed the podcast, so I'm, I cut it up in small um, three, four-minute videos so you can watch uh, the guests while, while they're talking to us. And I hope you'll join us for the next episode. Thank you. <laughs>